0: Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. So, this morning, um, I want to share just hopefully a, a couple of a couple of thoughts. And uh, before we do, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, to, uh, to have fun, to celebrate, celebrate the journey. And God, we just thank you and honor you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, one of the things that uh, my kids love to play is a game, you've probably heard of it, called Mario Kart. Has anyone played Mario Kart here? Okay, a few Mario Karters, fellow Karters, you, you'd you be picking up what I'm putting down. And uh, one thing that happens with Mario Kart is before you start the race, you get to choose your car. And so what you do is there's, a, there's an option where you get to choose the wheels, you get to choose the chassis, the body of the go-kart, and also you get to choose the part that flies, whether you want a kite or a cloud. And most of us are familiar with this idea of choosing before you start. Now, do you know that's very different when it comes to our dads and our fathers? We don't get to choose... Our fathers, we don't get to say, well, I'd like a dad, like a sporty dad, or like a tradie dad, or someone who's good at cooking, or we don't get to choose the attributes of our dads before we start. You know, there's something that's even deeper and more significant about a dad, regardless of their skills or their abilities, is that dads have a unique role and opportunity to speak into three key areas in any child's life. And these key areas are around identity, love, and approval. Identity, love, and approval. These are the three areas that fathers have a role to speak into. Now, we would say that Those areas are significant, and we would, I think, universally agree that the role of fathers is huge. The role of fathers is huge, but in the same way, we don't get any input into it. We have to live with and deal with and grow with the father that is chosen for us rather than the father that we choose. And some people's uh, experience of their, their dads is, unfortunately, is, it's not great. I was this week as part of preparing for this message, I was taking some time just to listen to some people's stories about their dads and some of the saddest stories. This one lady, um, she said she felt she was in her 40s and she said she felt that her dad progressively just lost interest in her. Isn't that sad? Another one said, I feel like I've been trying to win the approval of my dad for decades. Now, many of us here, we have all kinds of different experiences and unfortunately, some of us here have been in situations where we don't know our dads, they don't seem particularly interested in us, and there are times and seasons where at times they've even hurt or harmed us, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And it hardly seems fair, doesn't it? It hardly seems fair that we have to kind of play or live with the hand that is dealt us in terms of our dads. It, I, I don't think it's it's fair that, that one person's uh, dad that they didn't choose is interested in them and, and one loses interest over time. And it, asks, it sparks the question, why do some people get, seem to get a good father and some people don't? And you could even go as far to say that some people have a generational disadvantage when it comes to their dad. You could say that. I think that's, that some people have a, a good start. And some people have a less than ideal start, and some have good experiences, and some have bad experiences, and everything on the spectrum in between. Through no fault of their own. So you would also say, you could also say they have a generational disadvantage. However, what I want to talk about, and the title of my message today, is to bring hope to that situation and talk about the generational advantage. And that's what I want to talk about. In our Bibles, if you've ever read the Bible, there's two parts of the Bible. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament is also the Jewish scriptures and it starts in Genesis and finishes in Malachi. And then the New Testament starts in Matthew and finishes in Revelation. Now in our Bibles, there's a short distance between Malachi and Matthew. So you turn one page, you finish Malachi, and then you're into into Matthew, right? It's actually a gap of about 400 years. And the final words of the Old Testament found in the book of Malachi, they seem a little odd. They seem a little strange. Let's read them together. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, it says this, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah, before the great and de- dreadful day of the lord arrives now if malachi was was kind of saying these words you might kind of want to say okay first of all i'm sorry to be the one to tell you this malachi but but elijah's dead and so elijah had actually died about 400 years before and so it seems a little odd right that that Malachi is talking about a dead prophet coming at the end of the Bible. The other thing that you would say is, look, don't you think you're being a little bit dramatic? Don't you think he says dreadful? You know, who, Do you have that person in your life that's, that adds a little drama, that's a little exaggerating? Okay, maybe you're sitting next to them. Maybe they're a friend. Maybe they're a family member. Don't look at them. Don't give them a sideways look. We have someone in our family that's prone to that. I'm not looking anywhere (laughs) over here. (laughs) And it seems a little bit odd. You know, like, he's like, okay, Malachi, I was having a really good day until you said there's a great and dreadful day. Maybe, like, you're you're exaggerating a little bit. Maybe you could just say a below-average day. But there's something going on here. It doesn't quite seem to make sense. But let's go to the next verse, and it talks about the prophet Elijah. It says, His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Do you know that the centerpiece of the final message of the Old Testament comes with this amazing promise. It comes with this idea and this hope and this promise that father wounds, the hurts of father, divisions, barriers, unhealthy conflict, abuse, bitterness, misunderstandings, unforgiveness, offence, silence, absence could all be reconciled and renewed. What a wonderful idea. What a wonderful promise that all the things associated with fathers, the good, the bad, the indifference, they could all be resolved and they could be reconciled and renewed. And I think that's a wonderful thing. But because there's this great silence after the end of Malachi, we're left asking this question, how could this happen? How is this possible? Or is this going to happen? That's another question that we could ask. And we see in the book of Matthew this beautiful picture of how this is going to happen, the start of how this is going to happen. And in the book of Matthew, we see that God opens a window from heaven to speak directly into this idea, into this hope, and into this promise. In Matthew chapter 3, this is the baptism of Jesus. You see, God the Father is how He revealed Himself, reveals Himself to His Son through this window from heaven onto earth, and He talks about the three key things that every child longs for, identity. He says, you are my Son, belonging, love, unconditional love, whom I love and approval with whom I I am well pleased. And we see through this window this idea and this model and an open heaven into our hearts saying this is why Jesus came to turn hearts of fathers to children and children to father. And we see a father whose heart is turned to his children. Do you know the crazy thing is that in this... The prophecy of Malachi is fulfilled in a number of different ways. The first way it's fulfilled, we've talked about it. We've talked about hearts being turned to to the heart of a father being turned to the son. Do you know that Jesus actually called John the Baptist, the person who baptized Jesus as the prophet Elijah? He was the Elijah that was to come. Isn't that crazy? And in this moment, heaven is opened. Do you know why Jesus came? Jesus came to free us from the curse. It says that in Galatians chapter 3. And so in this moment, heaven is breaking into earth and we see that God is actually releasing his plan and fulfilling the prophecy from 400 years ago, which is still applicable to us, that our hearts, the hearts of fathers and children can be turned to each other. My grandfather, his name was Francis Scott, my father's father. This is a picture of him in the war. Uh, He died when I was two years old. And he served in World War II for five years. And much of that time, he was a prisoner of war. He was captured, he was tortured. He was beaten. He was used essentially as slave labor to build. uh, Part of what he did was build the the railway between Burma and Thailand called Death Death Railway, and 42,000 Australians died building that. Then eventually he was shipped off to work in the coal mines in Japan. And so he was uh, rescued at the end of the war, and he came back to Australia. But when he came back, you could understand that he was, he was broken. He was a broken man. And he never talked about it with my dad, as many of that generation did. But the atrocities that he'd seen and also him being an active soldier and what he had seen and the amount of friends that he had lost, he, he just he struggled to, to deal with that. And one of the ways that he dealt with that was with alcohol. And my dad recalls that probably once every six weeks he would just go on a bender for a couple of days and just try and escape the pain. What what hope did he have of being a really good father? Not a great hope to my dad. And you could say in a lot of respects that my dad had... A generational disadvantage because not not because his his father was a, a bad person, but because of the brokenness in his father. Something happened with my dad when he found Jesus. Is he his life was changed. But there were still so many things that he was discontent. He felt that he didn't have the power really to become the person that God had called him to. And so part of his journey was to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means just to allow the Holy Spirit to just transform and powerfully move in his life. Do you know that that process and seeking that was not an instant thing? It was a process of of probably at least a year where time after time he just began to seek God and just really began to say, God, I need this. And he was disappointed over and over and over again, but he never gave up. What my dad did was he chose to open a window to heaven in his heart as he began to seek Jesus and as he began to seek the baptism of the Spirit. And I want to show a short video to uh, tell you and to show you and to listen to my dad's story about what happened the night that he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. You watch this video.
1: And uh, when I got home, the very first encounter I had after being baptized in the Spirit was my drunken dad. My dad used to self medicate, used to binge drink and be drunk for one weekend every six weeks. And when I got home, here he is, and he's completely wasted. And I opened the door, and uh, when I saw him, the dare burst again. But this time it was the love of God. And uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, Uh, For the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that word shed uh, reminds me of when a truck sheds its load. If a truck's going around a corner and the load comes off, it sheds its load. It means it loses the whole load and the load is all over the place. And um, that's what happened in the baptism of the Spirit. But it's happened when I was there with my dad and, and the dam broke and I threw myself on him. And I hugged him. And I told him I loved him. Uh, By the power of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For the very first evidence I had, I had power to do something I couldn't do in my own strength. And uh, God did something in my dad and my relationship that night. And I can report to you gladly that over the years he... He got to know the Lord. He got to forgive himself. He uh, he got to understand that Christ had forgiven him for the things he got involved with during the war as acts of war, and um, eventually he came to faith himself. And we buried him, buried him as a believer.
0: Do you know that I have a generational advantage now, not because of my earthly father but because of my heavenly Father. Do you know, I want to speak, just take a moment, and you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit is here, can't you? And I want to speak to to anyone who through no fault of their own, your relationship with your dad has not been good. We, We can't control that. We don't get to choose that. We don't get to pick that before we come to the earth. But I do want to say that God has opened a window of heaven into our hearts that every single person, no matter what your starting point, every single person has the opportunity to receive the love of God. You know, no matter how good your dad is, we still need the type of love, the type of approval that only our Father God can give us that is going to hit here. We are created as sons and daughters of God. And I want to encourage you, you can't choose your father but you can make a difference and open a window for the generations to come. My dad was the father to me that he never had. Why? Because he, he opened up his heart. He opened up his spirit and said, God, I need your life to do the things that I can't. He said, there is love that I am not capable of within myself that is only through the life and the flood and the flow of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take a moment. We're not quite done yet, but I want to take a moment right now. I'm going to ask everyone to close and bow their heads, close their eyes. We're going to open a window Maybe you, like my dad, you've been seeking a breakthrough. You've been been pressing in. Say, God, I, I need you to fill me with love and it hasn't happened. Do not be discouraged. Keep praying. Keep seeking. And so, God, right now, Lord, you see hearts. You know stories. Lord, in this room and There's things that have happened to different people. There's hurts and wounds of fathers. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just pray. And we just thank you that you have opened a window to heaven, that your heart is turned to us and we can turn our hearts to you. And so God, we thank you. And we love you, God, right now. Right now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, get ready to receive something. If you, if you need healing in your heart, get ready to receive something. We just release the power of the Holy Spirit for healing right now. We just release the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to restore hearts. To restore hearts. Lord, we release power for the future. That people in this room can be the fathers to their children that they never had. Not by their own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for any dads here and, and this, is, this conversation has opened up some regrets. Lord, I thank you that, you, the, that your forgiveness is available to them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.